Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Mark Halpern, and we will be talking about his his new book, um, the Coherence Revolution. Me, Coherence Revolution: Finding Flow on Your Journey uh, to Present to the Present Moment. Uh, Dr. Mark Halpern is a chiropractor, author, lecturer and certified heart math practitioner who is also certified in additional healing modalities, including Psych-K and Ho'oponopono. In both his professional and personal life, Dr. Mark has been drawn to methods that promote optimal health and healing of the brain, body, and spirit. But for many years, he has also been living a double life. To the outside world, he was a confident capable chiropractor with a growing practice. He excelled at sports, and whenever he could, he succeeded at physically demanding, extreme, and often dangerous outdoor adventures. Yet, this was a man suffering from crippling anxiety when he was not in with a patient or hanging from a cliff. During the initial COVID lockdown, Dr. Mark made the conscious decision to turn what was becoming a disastrous situation into an opportunity to face his biggest fears. He literally reviewed every book, therapy, and method he had tried during his quest to reduce or eliminate the anxiety he experienced for over 30 years. It was a powerful process that enabled him to eliminate the circumstances, habits, or experiences that didn't serve him and to create coherence between his heart, mind, and body. Thus, the Coherence Revolution was born. The book and online course, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment, were created to teach people how to self-regulate and engage in the self-inquiry necessary to create an inspired, healthy, and vibrant life. Is here today to join to call on us to join the coherence revolution and to illuminate what that means for you. For more information, you can visit his website, which is www.coherencerevolution.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Mark to the show. Good day, sir. Hi. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure, and in this anxious time that we're living now. This is going to be, hopefully, we're going to get some uh, some coherence for, for our listeners. So, um, would you mind uh, sharing with the listeners um, exactly how um, anxiety impacted your life? Sure. Um, well, I recently just turned 50, so a big milestone, and um you know, it was, the last few years have been quite interesting with the pandemic, and I think a lot of people have had to make a choice, you know, to whether they're going to sink or swim because it's been so overwhelming with all the uncertainty. Um, my anxiety or the anxiety that I would feel um, started probably 30 years ago, maybe more, uh, probably about 40 years ago now, in my young teens. And I think like most people, you start going through puberty and, and the regular teenage angst, and before you know it, you know, in my life, I just started developing uh, terrible thinking patterns, terrible um, the way I would react to situations, and, and it became habit. In other words, when, when there were teenage insecurities that would pop up, it would cause my mind to race, and as my mind would race, it would create these uh, stress chemicals in my brain that would produce anxiety, and then the anxiety would produce more thoughts, and it was this, this steamroller that just kept going, and before you know it, you know, it was a mid mid-teens and created all these really bad thinking and feeling habits that just continued into my 20s and my 30s. Anxiety really was uh, the set point of my nervous system. 
Uh, I really didn't feel a lot of anger. I didn't feel a lot of sadness. I didn't feel a lot of other emotions. Anxiety was really the emotion uh, that became my set point. And so in everyday normal situations, whether it was going to school, whether it was going to work, whether it was when I was in chiropractic college or with patients, I was always walking around with this feeling of, you know, whether it was jumping off a cliff or whether it was I was about to write my last exam or something terrible was about to happen. <clears throat> and I sort of had to learn how to function in society w- with this feeling of a fight or flight going on. And it took many years of searching. I mean, I, I tried pretty much every Eastern-based and Western-based uh, approach to anxiety because that was sort of who I was. I was a mixture of philosophy and science. And my approach was to say, let me figure this anxiety out. I had always hoped that I would go on this search. I would find the thing, the treatment, the therapist, the the technique, whatever it was, that would finally, you know, solve the anxiety. And then I'd be fine and I could go live my life. But it didn't turn out like that. You know, every time I would start something new, whoever it was that introduced it to me, whether it was a, a practitioner, whether it was a therapist, whether it was just me doing reading, it was always this excitement at the beginning, and then you'd feel hope, and then you'd do whatever it was for a couple of months, and then you'd realize, well, this isn't the thing that was going to save me, and then it would be disappointment, and this cycle just continued as the anxiety continued for, for many years. And there were some approaches that helped, and there were some approaches that I did get some relief from, but nothing that changed my life in any real significant way. The, the, the problem still continued. And so I just kept trying all these different things. And by the time uh, the pandemic hit, which was in March of 2020, I remember that me and my uh, colleagues, uh, we had just done a renovation to our office. And so I decided, uh, so we were going back to work. It was March 15th of 2020. And we went to the office to start. And that was the day that we were told by the government to essentially go home and we're on lockdown for an indeterminate amount of time. And I realized at that point that I had two choices. I was either going to make the situation work for me or I wasn't, uh, because I knew that the uncertainty of sitting at home and doing nothing for weeks or months at a time would not be healthy for me. And so what I ended up doing was I went through every book, every therapist, every therapy, everything that I'd ever tried for anxiety so that I could take all the things that worked for me and get rid of the things that didn't work for me and read the books. You know, sometimes people read books and they flip over a piece of, uh, you know, page that they're going to come back to later. And, you know, I probably had a hundred books that I never went back to later. And so I finally, this was the day, this was the time that I went back and I, I went through everything. And that's really how the coherence revolution was born. Um, mo- most importantly, I, I went back to the basics and one of those basics was, uh, a heart math, which is a technique of self-regulation and how to use your breath and emotional response. And so I started to think, okay, I could teach people this technique and I could get myself into this technique, but I also wanted to share everything else, the things that worked, the things that didn't work. And so the book and the course were designed to help people do the self-inquiry necessary to figure out what their toolbox can consist of to help them deal with their stress and overwhelm on a daily basis learn techniques like heart math, learn how to use your your senses, the, your, your sense of smell and sight and taste and your digestive system and your visual system and your auditory. And how do you use all of these to create uh, a, a physiological change in your emotional state? And that state is called coherence, where you are in a balanced, rhythmic state where uh, your heart and your mind and your brain and your digestive system and every cell in your body are resonating together um, we're all capable of entering that state as long as we understand what works for us. And so that's, that's sort of the journey that I went on. And um, we've just been launching. We, we launched the course in the summer, and now we're uh, for our beta test group. And now we're going to be launching in January and February. We've got a few start dates uh, to take people through the process and help them, help them deal with stress and overwhelm and anxiety in their life and help them get on a better path. Uh, and create a process for their life that will uh, help them live a more inspired and, and grateful life. Great. That's, that's wonderful. And, and there are several things in there that we're going to talk about shortly. I, I want to um, kind of, uh, when I started reading the book, it was one of the things that stood out was that the um, that it's important to remember that uh, 
it's not going to be, you know, a life of, you know, unicorns and roses, you know, with it. Then, in other words, the, the, you know, it's a, a tool for when anxiety happens, you know, or, or to maybe even limit the number of anxious moments, correct? I mean, it doesn't eliminate them. It just helps you cope with them better when they occur. Well, yes. I, well, absolutely. I mean, what happens is we develop these triggers. Most people have patterns in their life, and we repeat those same patterns over and over and over again until they literally become almost like an addiction. You know, anxiety is is this process that happens in the brain where you it, it can start with a thought, and the thought can produce a cascade of chemicals, and those chemicals can produce anxiety, and that anxiety can produce more thinking, which can produce more chemicals, and it's this process that goes over and over. And I'm sure most people who's, who deal with stress or anxiety have the experience that once they've solved one problem, their brain sort of searches for something else to worry about because the body literally craves the stress, the, the hormones of stress and the chemicals of stress once it gets used to feeling them. And so for most people, it seems like one problem after another because the body's always looking for these problems. But when you, when you start mm. to realize that the, these are addictions, that these are habits that your body is programmed to do, then you realize that you can start to deprogram yourself and to create new programs. And when I talk about coherence or, or using techniques like heart math or any of the techniques to get yourself into a different physiological state, it's to start having a new set point to make uh, feeling positive uh, regenerative emotions easier, to make that more familiar. And because as you start to practice getting into a different physiological state, your triggers become less and less, and you can take something that maybe still has energy, but dissolve that energy much quicker than in the past. Instead of letting a trigger set you off for hours, days, or weeks, it might be minutes. Because now you've got the ability and a toolbox of, of, of different things to be able to change your physiological state. And so for me, either the triggers have completely gone away and I don't suffer from those ones anymore, or they're they're so much easier to deal with. They don't they don't cause the disruption in my life that they used to cause. And you know, it, it, it's stress doesn't go away. We're all under stress. So uh, once one stressor is gone, another one's going to pop up. So the better your toolbox is to be able to deal with it, to be able to keep your emotional state in, an, in a positive, regenerative, uplifting state. It takes practice, and it takes understanding what works for you. And that's really what the course is all about, is giving people the tools that in any given moment, whether it's their breath and learning how to breathe in specific ways, whether it's listening to different music, whether it's eating different food, speaking to different people, there's so many different things that we can do to change our emotional state in the moment if we're conscious about it. Yeah. You know, one one thing that stuck out to me as you were talking about your the beginning of your experience, you know, in your youth is that, you know, right now today's youth are experiencing so many more um stress points than, you know, we have in the past. I mean they're just like experiencing an extraordinary number of stress points. And so um yeah. what is your what's your feeling about um in particular, uh, working with children, you know, or, or for parents out there listening who are seeing a, uh, a significant, you know, increase in, in their child's anxiety level. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great it's a great question because kids are they're the most uh, adaptable. They're the ones who are most amenable to change. Uh, and what I've found is kids don't have the same type of barriers as we do. And so I've been speaking to my kids about these concepts for, you know, they're 13 and 16 now. I've probably been speaking to them about, about it for the greater part of, uh, you know, their life when, as, as soon as they were able to talk. And, you know, there's simple things. So I'll give you an example. You know, sometimes just simply going into a mirror if you're feeling down and smiling and li literally looking in the mirror and smiling when you smile, the muscles that cause you to smile stimulate the release of chemicals in the brain that actually help produce happy chemicals, endorphins. And so if you can, if you're in a, if you're feeling bad or anxious and you want to change it up and you literally went to a mirror and just started to smile, you could start to break the pattern in that moment. But 
most adults have this barrier. They feel silly. They feel an energetic block. They just don't want to. It feels stupid to them. And so they won't do sometimes very simple things. Whereas when you talk to a child, if you told them to go smile in the mirror, they're going to go to a mirror and start doing all kinds of funny, funny, silly things because they can, they don't have the, the barrier of this is silly, this is stupid, or this isn't, you know, this is not mature or whatever the hang up is. And so I find working with kids is actually very rewarding because they'll make a change and they'll, and, you know, for the most part, they don't have these uh, barriers to change. And so I talk to kids very much like adults, maybe using some simpler analogies, but teaching kids how to breathe properly, teaching them how to take, take a pause and just to evaluate what's going on after they've calmed themselves. Kids are very easy to, to talk with about this type of thing, and they're open to it. Uh, you know, my wife is a grade six teacher, and they've never had a, a grade six teacher. You know, the parents are writing her. Their kids have never enjoyed school the way they're enjoying it. They've never been so well adjusted. Because my wife talks about all of these concepts about being heart-centered, about being in the moment, about really being engaged in things that are going to be uplifting. And so, you know, we see all kinds of transformations of children who have been diagnosed as bad kids, ADHD, anxiety, kids that are just troublemakers. But they're not. They're stressed out, and they don't know how to deal with their emotional response. And as soon as you start to give them tools, their personalities completely change. And I think, you know, one of, one of the main things for kids and adults is, is being in the moment. And, you know, we hear that a lot, about being mindful and being in the moment. But if you think about it, most people are either thinking about the future, which causes so much uncertainty that it causes anxiety, or they're thinking about the past and all of the regrets, which is really depression. The only place that people don't feel that is in the moment, if you can literally be in this moment. And so you started off the show by saying that I did, you know, sort of um, a dangerous type of thing, jumping out of planes, jumping off cliffs, hang gliding, scuba diving, whatever. I didn't do those things for the adrenal rush because I already had the adrenal rush. I already had the anxiety. So jumping out of a plane didn't cause me any more anxiety than I was feeling because I always felt like I was jumping out of a plane. But what all of those things did for me was they put me in the moment. And when I was in the moment, I didn't feel anxiety. And so it was such a beautiful feeling. So, yeah, I, I looked for things that put me in the moment. But thankfully, I don't have to do those extreme things as much. I can practice techniques like heart math, which is breath work. I can listen to different music. I can speak to different friends. There's so many different things now that I'm, I can put myself in the moment. But really, that was always my, that was always my, my struggle or my chase is to find methods to put me in the present moment because that was the only place that I didn't feel uh, anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that. I mean, there there will be times that I'll be, um, I, 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 just, I do nature walk. I take nature photography, so I do a lot of nature walk. And there will be times that I'll be walking that, you know, my mind will resort to that, either that, you know, possible questionable future, you know, or even that, you know, that past, why did I, should I, you know, the regret aspect, you know, and then, you know, I then do shake myself into the present moment, like, wait a minute, you know, here you are walking in nature, just, yeah, be here with nature, you know, and you might get a good picture if you're thinking about something else. So, um, so anyway, you know, I, so I understand that, that clearly, and that is, a, that's something that I use a lot, you know, just to, um, when I find my mind going, you know, other places, past or future, um, then it's, you know, I really just uh, make that kind of effort, you know, hey, be in the moment and, and then and then work. I mean, for me, it's like I have to work at it a little bit, you know, to, you know, to kind of fully get there and, and detach from those other timelines. Well, you know, you know, a lot of people who meditate um, or, or try to meditate, they'll say to me that they can't meditate because their brain won't, um, their brain won't go quiet, or they're always thinking. And you know, it's interesting because there's been a lot of research done on meditation in some some very reputable universities out west. I think in uh, Los Angeles and some out uh, out east as well. But what their research has shown is that 
when you're meditating and you try to quiet the mind, and then your mind goes off on a tangent, and you catch it, and you bring your mind back from that tangent, that every time your brain goes off and you bring it back, that's where your brain makes the most change due to the meditation. So every time that your brain goes off onto a tangent about the groceries or the problems or the, the chores that you've got to do, and then you bring it back, you're actually, your brain is actually learning and it's actually getting benefit from the meditation. So all those people that feel that they can't meditate because their brain won't stay quiet are really missing it. It's the act of catching yourself and bringing your, yourself back to that quiet that is actually the benefit. And so, you know, that's one of these methods that if you just sit and practice meditation for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, um, it will help get you into the moment. It will help to quiet your mind. Uh, but if you're not perfect at it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's the act of doing it that is the benefit for the brain. Yeah, that, that important. I mean, you know, that'll, for, for a lot of people who feel that they can't meditate, that'll be a, a welcomed um, view, perspective of, of their meditation. Yeah. Now, speaking of mind, your mindset, um, can, can you talk a little bit about the, the difference between process mindset and a destination mindset? Well, you know, it, I, I've, I've sort of, I don't know if I coined that term, but I certainly use it a lot, which is a destination, a, a process mindset. If you look around at most people, most people have a destination mindset. And I'm sure you've heard in one form or another of the I'll be happy when story. You know, I'll be happy when I first go to school. I'll be happy when I get friends. I'll be happy when I graduate high school. I'll be happy when I get into university. I'll be happy when I get my first car, when I get my spouse, when I get my first house, when I make enough money. All of a sudden, 40 or 50 years pass, and you keep saying, I'll be happy when, because you're always waiting for the destination to be happy. A process mindset is you create yourself a daily process. You know, what are the emotions that you want to feel in the morning? What are the things that you can do in the morning to attain that emotion? What are the things you want to do at work, at lunch, in the afternoon, when you get home, in the evening? What are the things that you can do in your day to create the emotional, uh, emotional state that you would like to be in? What are the things that you would like to do to create the inspired life? What are the chores that you have to do? What, what, is, what is your daily process look like? And once you sort of design that daily process, uh, which might include meditation, it might include reading, it might include social time, it might include uh, listening to music, it might include just your work and your sleep and your meals. And once you create this process that you live by every day, if it's, if it's inspiring you, if it's something that drives you to, go, to wake up tomorrow and to keep going, then even if you fall off your process for a few days, it's not about getting back to the destination. It's just starting your process up again. And if the process isn't working for you, then you can reevaluate it. And every two or three months or every two or three weeks or every two or three years, you can reevaluate your process. But the idea is to wake up every day and know what that process is that's going to keep you going towards whatever that, you know, state you want to be in, towards the life that you want to lead. And so, you know, I think that what we're doing is very unique because most places talk about what you want to do in your life. And in the Cohen's Revolution, we talk about what, how do you want to feel. And so if you want to feel um, up, uplifted and grateful in the morning, but you want to feel relaxed and peaceful at night, well, what are the things that you can do to attain that? Are there foods? Are there smells? Are there tastes? Are there um, people to talk to? Are there different therapies? Are there different books? What are the things that are going to do that for you? And so what we do is we take people through a process where they determine uh, what, what works for them, and they put together their own process, and then you start to practice it. And the fact is, is as you start practicing the life that you want to live, as you start practicing the emotions that you want to feel, those emotions become more familiar to you, and they become easier to attain. And all of a sudden, the dream life that, you, that you've wanted to live becomes a little bit more realistic to you. You start to feel a little bit more on a daily basis, and over time, you start to realize you're now starting to live the dream life you've wanted to because you've been practicing it. You know, because whether or not we like it, most people are practicing the life they don't want to lead. They're practicing the stress. They're practicing the anxiety. And they might not think of it as practice, but they're doing it every day, again and again and again. 
And, uh, you know, I think that uh, I don't know who said it, but the definition, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Uh, and that's really what most people do. And so by creating a process that is customized for you and practicing it, you're now practicing the life that you want to live and uh, making it more attainable. Yeah, um, and I think that was Einstein that said that about uh, yeah. the same thing. Yeah, so he's kind of, you know, he's, he definitely had a, um, a process mindset. <laughs> so, um, yeah. he, um, so when, when it comes to, you know, what, what it's sounding like is, is that um, as you're going through and practicing, you know, what you're doing is you're creating new, pa- new patterns, um, not only, you know, physical, you know, the physical activity patterns, but also the brain patterns that have existed. So you're, you're also re, rerouting <laughs> or, or you're kind of uh, reconfiguring, you know, some of those patterns in the brain, correct? That's, that's right. You're creating new neurological patterns. And, you know, like you've heard, different habits can take 21 days and, you know, different people might agree or disagree with that. But the idea is that neural patterns can be changed. You can break patterns. You can create new patterns. And uh, the more you practice them, the easier they get. And that's no different with emotion. If you start to practice the emotion of gratitude or happiness or um, some type of uplifting emotion, those emotions can be practiced. And, you know, you've heard the saying, fake it till you make it. I'm a huge proponent of fake it till you make it because you're, you're essentially practicing the emotional state you would like to be in. And so as you start to practice it, sometimes you can't tell the difference. You know, um, when I was at my, I would say my worst in terms of anxiety in my 30s probably, when I was a chiropractor, I had a family, uh, there were times that I'd be at work and I'd have a, be between patients, and between patients was not an easy time for me because that gave me too much time to think. But when I was with patients, I would have to summon up enough courage and energy and, and, you know, get myself into a different positive state. But as I began to be there with my patients in the moment and practicing these emotional states, it was helping me because I was actually engaged with them. I was feeling the emotion I was trying to be, uh, trying to be feeling. And not only was I there as a healer for them, it was also for me. And so, you know, just being a chiropractor and being able to help people and, and help them with their health was something very good for me. It gave me the opportunity to act as if, to be the person I wanted to be. Um, and, I, and it was very successful in doing that. My, my part, problem was when I was left with nothing else to do. When I had nothing else around, that was my hardest time. And that's where I had to figure out how to stay in the moment and, and, and how to make sure that even when there wasn't something uh, right in front of me that I could I could still be in the moment. Um, but you can create these new patterns simply by practicing them. Yeah. You know, um, and I understand, you know, the fake it till you make it, you know, aspect of, of basically um, exhibiting what it is that you want to have be natural, you know, what is maybe not um, been typical, but what you – want to have, you know, as your way of living. Um, now, one um, aspect of this that sometimes gets me wondering, you know, about taking to make it is, you know, strong subconscious mind that we have that is, uh, you know, bearer of patterns. Um, sometimes um, the fake is... Um, like, like I'm, I, I'm. This is just this is an example. I'm rich when I know that I'm at the moment. You know, I'm I'm rich with money. You know, when I know right at the moment, I that is not the case. Um, that is what I right. like to admit. Um, but it is not the case. So, um, tell us how you know we can um, maybe ward off the resistance of the subconscious, you know, you know, trying to do a, quote, reality check from what it is that works. Does that make sense? Yeah. So th- there's, there's two things kind of wrapped up in that. Um, you know, there, there's work that um, Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who, who um, 
who wrote the book, The Biology of Belief, he talks about epigenetics. And epigenetics is essentially that we're not controlled by our genes, that we can, we can change our genetic expression simply by the environment we live in. But he, he talks about subconscious beliefs and how it affects um, the way our genes express themselves. Uh, and he teaches a form of muscle testing where you can actually determine what your subconscious beliefs are. So, uh, for instance, you know, you might test the belief system, I'm healing 100% effectively. Or I can gain my I can be my ideal weight, or I can um, I can get the the love of my life, or whatever it is. And you can start to discover actually what your subconscious beliefs are. And then there are techniques called psych case psychology kinesiology is one one of these uh, techniques designed by uh, Bruce Lipton and Dr. Rob Williams. You can actually start to change your subconscious belief patterns. There's also a book written um, called. Um, um, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's about financial, uh, the, um, something about a warrior. I forget, but it was all about um, uh, T. Harv Eker. It's, uh, the, um, he's the author, T. Harv Eker. But it's about your subconscious beliefs around money uh, and, you know, how many people essentially have a set point for for amount of money. There was a study down years ago that 50% of all NBA players, when they retire within five years, have gone broke. Um, and he writes about in his book that people have this subconscious set point, and so these set points can hold us back. And the idea is that you can start to change your subconscious belief patterns. But, but the other part of your question that you're talking about is, is almost engaging the law of attraction. And the problem with the law of attraction is most people that try and do it try and think it. You know, they try and visualize the house they always wanted. They try to visualize the car or the spouse or the job or the money. And it's all about visualizing it. But what, what's missing in that is it's really about the feeling, not about the visualization. In other words, if you can fully feel what it's like to cook in your dream kitchen, if you can feel the steering wheel of your new car, if you can feel the hand of the person that you're walking with, that's your, your true love, it's about the feeling of it, and it's the emotion that attracts the, I, I, I'm going to say, the three-dimensional thing to you, because what we're really talking about is almost like a quantum concept where you're sending out the vibration of the emotion, and it's attracting back to you this three-dimensional thing or situation. But the law of attraction, it does work, but it involves <clears throat> a heck of a lot more emotional response than thinking. And so... You know, part of what we teach with uh, the techniques of heart math, which is uh, using visualization, using breath work, but using emotion. And it's about feeling the emotion that, that attracts whatever it is to you and changes your emotional response to it. So that's why I'm, I, I'm very much uh, a big proponent of practicing the emotion, because it's the emotion that changes your physiological state. Yeah, great. Well, we're about halfway through the show, uh, Dr. Marks. I want to take just a quick break. And then when we come back from the break, I want to focus in on coherence and health, you know, and how it, sure. uh, how the two interact. Okay, so everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break.
Hello to everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dr. Mark Halpern, and we are talking about his work as well as his new book, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment. Again, you can find out more about the book and online course by visiting his website, which is www.coherencerevolution.com. Okay, with that, we're back to Dr. Mark. Okay. Okay, great. So now, um, kind of uh, recap it um, for those who are maybe joining us. Um, as far as uh, what um, coherence is, um, can you again maybe state what what is coherence, sure. and then we'll move into that. Yeah, sure. Coherence is really a state of of balance. It's it's being in sync, in tune. You know, an athlete might say that they were in the zone. And when you hear an athlete say they're in the zone and time slowed down and they could just, everything felt incredible to them and they could do their routine, you know, without even thinking about it, that's coherence. When you walk in a room and there's someone that you just need to go speak to because you can feel that energy of the person, that's coherence. When you are just ate a great meal and your body feels amazing and you know that your digestive system appreciates that food, that's coherence. Um, now, when I talk about physiological coherence, what I'm specifically talking about is having the, the heart get into a, a nice rhythm. And as the heart gets into a rhythm, a specific rhythm of um, it almost looks like a nice sine wave where you're breathing in and out in a nice even fashion through the stomach and you're doing a proper breath. What happens is the heart's rhythm, the heart's uh, electrical strength is about 40 times stronger than the brain's rhythm. And so what happens is it's called entrainment where a, a bigger rhythm will take over a smaller rhythm. So because the heart's rhythm is stronger than the brain's, it will entrain the brain. So if you get the heart into a coherent uh, rhythm, it will start to entrain the parts of the brain that make decisions that deal with stress, that deal with your immune system, that deal with sleep, that deal with pain. And so all of a sudden now your brain and your heart are functioning together in a, in a coherent rhythm. And that will now start to affect all the other rhythms of your body and your cells are literally vibrating um, in sync with each other, and that, that is a physiological coherent state. And you can feel it. It's not a hypothetical state. It's not, you know, just a theory. When you get into coherence, you can actually uh, feel it. And, you know, heart math, um, there's really three things that have to do with heart math, which is breathing, visualization, and using an emotion. And the story I like to tell when I first sort of really embodied this concept uh, I was, it was probably about 10 years ago. My daughter was about five or six years old. Um, I was sitting on my bed in an anxious state, and I was trying to use the HeartMath biofeedback technology, which was teaching me how to get into a coherent rhythm. And when you would get into a rhythm, the technology would actually make a sound, a little ding, and it would go into a green color, and you would know that you're in coherence. And I was getting frustrated because I was trying to get into an emotional state. I was trying to think of... Um, clouds, I was trying to think of calm blue ocean, I was trying to think of a beach, anything that would get me relaxed and nothing was working. And so I was getting a little frustrated, which was really the opposite of what heart mass techniques are supposed to do. And I remember sitting in my bed with this sensor on my ear, which was measuring my heart rhythm, and I was feeling frustrated and I thought, what can I think of or feel that will help me get into coherence? And in that moment, I just visualized my daughter jumping into my arms and giving me a hug. And in that moment, I didn't just think of the hug. I felt the hug. I felt her arms go around me. I felt the heat of her hands around me. I felt her kiss me on the cheek. I felt every aspect of that hug. And I can tell you that within maybe two or three seconds, a whoosh came over me. The technology that I was using went to green. It made that beep sound. And I felt better than I had felt in a long time. And the only way I can describe it is as a coherent feeling. I felt uplifted. I felt energized. I felt uh, clear-headed. I felt that um, I felt that the world was a, a friendly place, if I were to you know, make a general statement, as opposed to an uncertain place. It just felt right. Uh, 
And that was the first time that I had ever really felt what I would call a physiological coherent state, and I was able to produce it. And since that day, which is about 10 years ago, I've now been using it more and more, and it gets easier and easier, and, and there's different ways to produce that state. But it really, for me, was that validating moment to go, oh, that's what coherence really was. I could feel the difference. And so that's why I want to teach people these uh, heart map techniques as well as the other systems that we discussed in the book and in the course because this state of coherence, the more you're in it, the more resilient you are, the more you're adaptable you are to life, the better relationships you have, the better your digestion is, the better you engage with the world around you. Uh, and it's a very powerful state to be in. And so um, the coherence revolution is really about how many ways are there to create coherence in your nervous system. Okay, well, that makes sense. So now, you know, because when, when you mentioned heart math, um, you said that there were the three aspects, breathing, the visualization, and the emotion um, aspect. So uh, it, it seems like what that particular technique um, is drawing on would be the, the that multi-sensory kind of experience. You know, the, the feeling, um, I mean, because you, know, you said you, you actually, when, when the daughter, you know, you visualized your daughter, you um, felt the warmth, uh, kind of, you mm -hmm. felt it. So is that, you know, is that the, uh, kind of uh, <laughs> the magic juice, so to speak, that really gets it. Yes, um, yes the key is the emotional state. When, when, and, and it can be anything. It can be a feeling of gratitude. Uh, some people can attain it just by literally repeating the mantra, I got this, I got this, or today's a great day, or whatever produces an emotion in you, and that emotion is genuine and you feel the emotion. And so there's lots of different ways to produce it. For me, in that moment, it was visual, visualizing my daughter. That was the most powerful thing I could think of in that moment. But, the, but anything that will get you to really produce an emotional state will help you get into coherence. Okay. Okay, great. So um, tell us, you know, why... Uh, why the program? You know, kind of how, how it all came together. Sure. Well, as I was writing the book um, back in March of 2020, um, I realized that I had something here and that I had more to offer. Uh, you know, people could learn from my challenges and they could learn from my successes. And I had gotten certified teaching heart math uh, several years ago. And so when the pandemic hit, I thought, I want to teach people heart math online for people like me who maybe are at home or maybe their lives have changed and are in a state of uncertainty. And that, I thought that's great, but I also want to do more. There's more ways of getting into coherence. And that's how I started coming up with all, using all the senses and the world around us. And so the book goes through the concepts. The book introduces heart math. The book introduces some of the, the, the concepts that we're discussing. But it's the course where you have time to dive into it. People generally don't make the time to do the self-inquiry. And so we give you a workbook, we, we, we coach you through it, and we take you through how to go into your auditory uh, sense, how to go into your taste, how to go into your visual landscape, how do you um, assess the type of people that you're around and the type of uh, lifestyle that you're living and the type of diet you might eat. And so each week we go through different topics. Um, we give you guidance on it. You have breakout rooms. And the breakout rooms are really fun because there are breakout rooms where you might just go and practice an emotion. You know, one of the things that I talk about is, you know, we all envision being away on vacation and being in a certain emotional state. And then we go on vacation and we realize, well, we're in the same emotional state we were in back where we live because wherever we go, there we are. And so if we start to understand that, you know, we can practice the emotional state of being in a jacuzzi while we're at home in, in bed, you know, the idea is that it's about the emotional state. And so I designed these breakout rooms to give people the opportunity to practice different emotional states, to, to um, see how words affect other people, to start engaging with others uh, in these type of uh, exercises 
to give them the ability to see how quickly their nervous system can shift from a state of stress to a state of renewal. And what, what type of things deplete you on a daily basis? What type of things renew you on a daily basis? And so over the six weeks, it gives you the time to dive in and create your own personal process. And then after the six weeks is over, you still have access to the course. You'll have access to uh, the videos um, forever. Uh, so you can go back and go through the course again and again and again. Obviously, the, the, the first, uh, the live course is important because you're getting feedback from myself and others, but you can dive back into it and, um, you know, get the support of us for as long as you'd like. Uh, and to go through it and, you know, maybe you do it for six weeks and then you try it and then six weeks later you go, you know what, I think I want to go through it again because I, I want to dive deeper into one aspect of it. And so it's really an ongoing evolution. And as we get going, um, you know, this is just the first course we're offering. As, as we uh, grow and we grow our community, we're going to offer different courses maybe that will specialize in different aspects of coherence because maybe one of the uh, – maybe you really love auditory or maybe you really love the, the, the aspect of the diet or really love visual and maybe, you know, all those different things. So uh, at first it's about diving in, creating your process, and then this is really a lifelong journey of continually revisiting how to stay in a coherent state no matter what stage of life uh, you're at. And so the course is the, is the starting point and then hopefully something you'll revisit as you continue on with your life to continually make sure your process is designed appropriately for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like you say, it is a process and it is a practice. So, you know, and, and for some people having that uh, support mechanism um, and that feedback mechanism um, is kind of what they need, you know, what they feel that they need to kind of keep them engaged, you know, in, in the process. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's a good thing. Now, the, the title of the book is uh, Coherence Revolution. Why revolution? Why did you choose that word? Yeah, uh, because to me, coherence is the state that, we all should attain, uh, should aspire to be in. And revolution, because most people without knowing it are in a state of complete uncertainty and overwhelm. And we're tired of being diagnosed. We're tired of people telling us we need more therapies or a lot of people don't want to think about therapy. They're fine, you know. And it's this way of thinking of we can just keep going, keep pushing and keep doing. And, you know, if you look at 30 years ago, it was a badge of honor. If you saw a doctor on a golf course on a Tuesday afternoon, you'd say, wow, look how much that guy's accomplished in his life. 30 years later, you look at that same person and you go, well, they're lazy. The person that is really I'm looking up to is the person that has accomplished more, that does more, that has 10 things on the go. The people that are overwhelmed. And this is everybody trying to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. And so when I talk about a revolution, it's because we need a fundamental change. Uh, a revolution means that the way things are going is not the way they should be going. And if you keep going down that same path, it leads to destruction because people are overwhelming themselves. And so I believe people do need a revolution. They need to fundamentally change the way they're approaching their day-to-day -day life so that they can live an inspired life that's based upon gratitude and love and, and community and um, engaging with others rather than just do more, do more, do more, take on more pressure and feel that pressure on a daily basis. And so for me, a revolution is we all have to get our brothers, sisters, families, you know, coworkers, and make a change and doing it together. And that's really what a revolution is to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can understand. And I, I agree with you. There really needs to be a sea change. I mean, a sea change would be a, a wonderful shift um, in the, uh, kind of what we're experiencing right now. Now, can you maybe share with the listeners um, like a, a case history or two or, or just a, an example yeah. of either from the book or, or course? Well, yeah, I mean, when, when I went through the beta course, uh, we got so many, um, so many responses that I really wasn't expecting because we, we did a good job at getting a good cross-section. So we had women in their 20s and 30s 
uh, and 40s and 50s. We had men as young as 25. We had men in their 60s. And it was just all over the map. And, you know, so there was a good, in, depending upon the age range and the people, the results were really fascinating. You know, there was a woman in her uh, late 20s, and she was trying to, she had a job, but she always felt behind the eight ball. She could never get ahead. She never had time for anything. It was always running around, chasing her tail, doing her chores, getting her groceries done, going to work, never having time to really meet her goals or even to think about what life was going to be like. And so after those six weeks, uh, she's a patient of mine, and when she came in the office, she just said she, she did one of her daily time schedules. She, she created this process for herself. And she said, you know, for the first time, she's actually reading in several years. It was the first time she's made social time. And she's still getting all of her other stuff done because she really made a plan that worked for her life. And so for her, the greatest change was that she now had time for herself and to, to start to meet some of her health goals as well as personal goals. Uh, whereas there was a woman who was in her, um, who was in her 50s who had fairly young kids, uh, teenagers, um, and had a husband. And she went through the course, and afterwards, what she found is that she found her voice, and she was able to speak to her family about how overwhelmed she was, and that she didn't have time for herself, and that she needed to do some things for herself so that she could show up better for them. And so what happened is, after this conversation with her family, she created her process, and her kids made dinner twice a week. Her husband made dinner twice a week. So now it was left for her to only make dinner a couple, two, three times a week was now left to her. It freed up some other time. Uh, her husband was now much more on board with, with uh, the things that she needed to do in her life. And she just continues to report that her life has changed because now she's got time for herself. And she's not always in a state of overwhelm because she's starting to use some of the techniques that we talked about. Uh, and the last, uh, the last uh, person I usually talk about, because it was just fascinating for me, this was a guy that thought he was doing the course for my benefit, because he was a patient of mine. He was uh, a guy in his 40s, an electrician. He owned his own company, and he was in a state of everything was always overwhelming and stressed out, but he didn't really talk about it in those terms. He was just a busy guy in his mind. Um, and he thought, okay, I'll take the course. And after he took the course, you know, he said to me, I didn't really expect anything out of this, but I learned to be a better listener using some of the heart mouth techniques. And now I realize that my, my, my employees, some of the things they're asking didn't seem so unreasonable. And him and his wife got into therapy because he realized that there were so many things that they weren't achieving together that they always thought that they would, and they still loved each other, and they wanted to get into therapy. And he started making time for his kids. And so as he was describing what his, the changes he was making, it was just the light went on. And he thought, now that I'm able to get into a, a more coherent state, I'm not always running around um, looking after others. I am now able to look at what do I really want in my life. And so he, he's, it's, it's really about setting yourself up for success in all aspects of your life. And I've been seeing it across the board um, with so many of the people that have taken the course, course which is why I'm so passionate about um, sharing it with others, when you set up this process, um, it can do wonders for for the way you want to live your life on a daily basis. Yeah, that, yeah that's great. And, and it's uh, taking those actions, making those changes, doing things differently, and, and creating um, new patterns. So um, I guess before we close, is there any maybe um, final words or, you know, Anything you might want to say to the listeners that we didn't cover? Well, I think one of the things that was powerful that was said to me at one point uh, by different therapists at many times is they always said to me, you know, when I start with them, it's going to take time. It might take you months or years or however much time. It was always about taking time to get rid of anxiety or overwhelm. And the one thing that I've learned is that if you if you figure out what works for you, you can get rid of anxiety and overwhelm in seconds, not hours, not minutes, not days. You can get rid of it in seconds if you're doing the things that work for you. Uh, and it might be a bit of an over oversimplification, but I can tell you that I've had debilitating anxiety at times where I didn't want to leave the house. But using the methods that I talk about now, 
it made it so that I never missed a day of work. It made it so that I always was able to engage in society, even if there was some discomfort. And that the more you practice, the more you engage in things that put you into coherence, the more you're able to live the life that you want to live. And it is possible. So for people who are either overwhelmed or anxious or maybe just not living the life that they think they can, um, there are answers out there. And it's not the same for everybody. So it's about going through the process to figure out what works for you. And attaining physiological coherence is possible um, when you're doing the right thing to, to achieve it. Yeah. Well, that, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's encouraging, you know, for people who are experiencing anxiety to recognize that there's, that it's not, uh, a, an ex, uh, extensive, um, process. I mean, that, that it, it can be done, you know, using certain practices. It can be, um, that's right. you know, immediately. And, and, and the idea is that to, have fewer and fewer of those debilitating types of um, experiences. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, Dr. Mark, I really want to thank you for your time today. I've really enjoyed speaking to you, and, um, you know, and I think this is really great information, and, and especially during this time. I mean, you know, this, this is a very anxious time for the whole world, really. So, um, you know, it would be great to have techniques to, to reduce the – that um, that experience of anxiety. Well, if uh, you know, I just want to say that any of the, any of the listeners, um, I do want to give people an opportunity to get the book, um, and and I want to offer it for free. Um, if you go to www.coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022, so it's coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. If you go there, there's a code you can download the free ebook. And there's also a discount code of 50% off for the, for the course that's the, the start dates that are starting in the next month or so. So um, that will give any of your listeners an opportunity if they want to read the book and cost them anything. And if they want to do the course, they can they can get it right now at 50% off, which hopefully will help some people uh, in the new year. So, uh, yeah, I really want to thank you for having me, but uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, help people is, is uh, I'm very much appreciative of that. Great, thank you. And just to repeat it, it's, um, as far as that, uh, the free ebook, it's go to coherencerevolution.com forward slash 2022. And yep. there's a code there, Chuck? Okay. Yep, yep, you just follow the directions. There'll be a code and you can download the book for okay. free. Well, great. Well, I thank you. And I'll be sure to, when I do my social media post, to indicate that. So hopefully we can get a few more people. Um, Coherent. <laughs> uh, yeah. coherent. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mark. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Mark Halpern, and we've been talking about his new book, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment. And, again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is www.coherencerevolution.com. And again, as you mentioned, you can get that uh, free ebook uh, by doing coherence over list slash 2022. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, 